So I, I, I love the freedom that having the leading of the Holy Spirit gives in ministry. Because it's like, you know, you do your part and you do your studying and then you let it go. And you let it become what, like it is what it is. As Pastor Rob always says that. And I, I like that because so often he drops things in that you didn't have in your notes that he knows somebody you know, and so I was just thinking about the conversation at our um, our table, and even just as as you guys, if there is something in your life that is like you feel like it's your um, your trigger point or your stress, like it's it's an area where maybe you're really concerned, and maybe you have a right to be concerned about it, but you're like maybe more laboring in prayer in that area, or you're frustrated, or you know, I just beseech you. To ask the Lord, what is the truth about that situation? Now, you heard me say that earlier, but this is like huge. Because so often, when we get God's perspective on things, I, don't, I know Lindsay won't mind. I hope I'll hear about it later if she does. But we're really good friends, and she forgives a lot. But is that, like with Russell, this is a good example. Okay, so we have a little three-year-old here, and, and he's going through all the learning and growing. And, and Rory and Lindsay are the type of parents that are very diligent. I've watched this in their discipline manner. You know, I can't say I was as good. I didn't have a husband. My husband was always in the fields. I mean, I just, he was a workaholic cattle rancher. And so I was kind of by my own. So a lot of things I just couldn't deal with, and they just had to, you know, I had to trust the Lord was going to cover it. But I've loved watching the way Rory and Lindsay have been called to parent because it's different and it's diligent and it's like very consistent. And thus, there's a tension that mounts in that because when you have a little guy that's pushing the, okay, now I'm three, what can I do and what can I not do? You know, am I going to get by with this or am I not? But what's cool about praying about God, the truth about things is that God will either bring someone across your path or speak to you in your heart or through a scripture that maybe things aren't as bad as they seem Maybe you're tired, maybe he's tired, maybe somebody's sick, whatever. But so isn't that amazing that we have a God that wants to be so a part of us, so leading us, so guiding us. And you know what, I, another thing I love about our God, this is talk about love, is that he sees your heart. You know, we mess up and we long to be better believe. We long to serve him better. We long to walk more purely. We long, oh goodness, you know, you could just make down the list. And who is the discourager? The enemy, not the Lord. So if you're discouraged about what your walk with the Lord or you're beating yourself up or you're condemned, that is not the Lord because he looks right down into your heart. And I find that so freeing because even though I don't have a perfect heart, my heart is better than my actions, if you know what I mean. So just, you know, just in that, just, just be blessed that you have that kind of a Savior's love. That he see, you know, grace covers a multitude of sins. He just looks at our hearts. Um, and, and that just bless, that is a, such a comfort. The other thing I was just thinking about as I was listening to the girls talk at the table was um, one thing that we have found in this walk of praying without ceasing is, you know, 
our lifestyles, our conversations are a prayer as unto the Lord. And that could be kind of like scary because like you're going, oh my gosh, you know, this is a prayer as unto the, you know, it goes back to that, you know, he hears it all anyway, girls. He's a part of it anyway. And so let him purify. If you are, if you sense that conviction of the Holy Spirit about the things you're repeating or the things you're talking about or even the way you're saying them, just, just receive it quickly. Let it be short accounts. I've always been the kind of kid, like when I was little, I didn't want to get spanked. I watched my older siblings get a, get in trouble. And I, so I just a harsh word or, or a firm word could just make me almost cry. And that's the way I feel like with my walk with the Lord is I don't want to get the big guns disciplined. Just let's keep these short accounts. So just, I hope that encourages you. And, you know, just even talking about just even the love of our father is that he longs for you to just be still and know that he is God. Give yourself permission to just be still sometimes. You know, sometimes we're so hard. If you aren't taking time to be alone with the Lord, even if as young moms, I think sometimes, gosh, we were so blessed if we got five minutes or even got through one scripture. Hey, I'll tell you what, you know, you tape it on your bathroom mirror, you put it in your car. This is another fun one the Lord dropped into my heart as I was sitting here. Do you realize that your time at stoplights in your lifetime will equal six months? So just every time you go to a stoplight, let the Lord use that as a trigger. Like I told you, I have to have, I like prayer. I'm a game player. And so it's like, okay, stoplights, let that be a reminder. Okay, gosh, I could take 30 seconds and pray for somebody, Lord. Who do you want me to pray for? For me, it's I'm driving down. I'm very visual. So like if I see, we have a vet that went to vet school with my husband in Corvallis, and she goes to our body. So every time I drive by her practice, boy, that's a time to pray for Sabra. You know what? Whatever it is, whether you're folding your kids or your husband's laundry, whether you like your husband or not, (laughs) you are called to love him. How do you love him? You pray for him. Maybe you don't have that earthly sense of love, but you pray for him and God will be building a love in him. Prayer is just like this amazing vehicle that we have no idea yet the broad reaches of it but just i join me on the adventure i mean i i want you guys to come up to me when i come over to see rory and Lindsay. you know just come and tell me little stories i'm on facebook i'd love to be your facebook friends i already pray for us you guys all the time anyway because i'm so thankful for you and my son's life and his family's life but you know so let me know what the lord's doing with your walk in the in the lord and, and gosh i'll just as the holy spirit brings you to mind i'll i'll be faithful to lay you before him but um just so in that praying without ceasing gosh you know what a what a fun thing that is it's not labor it's fun and let him i will look forward to the creative ways god uses in your life like i was saying when you're folding the laundry great time to be praying for your kids rory actually probably will tell you this story if he hasn't yet but when he was in when we were in pullman washington for the vet school program rory i mean i was despairing in my spirit i knew that rory was in a really hard place like he was um he just he was struggling and there was a battle going on and i just like i didn't know really what to do here my husband was fighting for his life he had 11 tumors come back when we were at that part of the vet school. And so I'm cleaning houses and teaching piano lessons, trying to make some, you know, money to support us, taking care of a sick husband and then taking care of the kids. And, 
you know, I, I knew something was going on in Rory's world, but just barely was, you know, getting through the day. And the Lord laid on my heart to when he was sleeping to go pray over him and to anoint the door of his bedroom with oil. And I, you know, and I'm thinking, I'd never done anything like that before, but I thought, okay, I wouldn't have thought that up on my own. So that must have been the Holy Spirit's leading. And so just prayed a little gal I cleaned houses with. Her husband was in vet school too. And she, she would join me. She would come and we'd just pray over Rory's room once he was asleep. Well, I didn't know until just a couple years ago when I was sitting in one of the high school studies, Rory shared that he knew that he was at a crossroads with the Lord, that he was just really torn to just totally walk away from the Lord in middle school and just like totally serve the flesh and the enemy or to go to the right to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I do not know what part those prayers played, but I can assure you they played some part. So, you know, I just want to, you with little kids, you, you who aren't pregnant yet. I remember praying when, as I had a child in my womb and before I got pregnant, Lord, if these kids aren't going to serve you, don't let me get pregnant. Because I just couldn't imagine the heartache of not having a child serving the Lord. Now, that strikes a heart, I can assure you, with several women here who have children who are not walking with the Lord. But this is something I want you to just like, I hope it is just like branded into your heart. While there is life, there is hope. And when we get to heaven, I have a feeling that I know in my heart is like, why didn't I pray more? Because we're going to get a glimpse of what God, how, what is it? The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Oh, you guys, I've just got goosebumps. You know, we have this incredible ability to impact the lives of our loved ones. Our president, how about, do you pray for your president every day? Do you gripe about your president every day? I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that. I could be saying about any president that was in office, but I feel so convicted. I am so bad about praying for the leadership of this nation, but we need to be praying for the leadership of our nation. Whatever it takes. If you see a flag, this is going to be the Lord speaking to this one to me, so I'm just preaching to the choir right here. But when I see a flag, Lord, trumpet me by your Holy Spirit to be praying for the leadership of our nation. So, you know, isn't it exciting? I mean, gosh, I love it. I love to do this so because it's like the Lord's teaching me. It's like oh, he has spoken into my heart that, that, I, that he will always be, what I will teach others will be out of the overflow of what he's teaching me. And that will keep it alive and fresh for me and make it always just such a, a passionate thing. And so when I'm watching him do that, it's almost like, whoa, this is so much fun because it's like it comes coming right back at me. Well, one of the other prayers that um, I encourage you, I encourage you to memorize this prayer. It's not a very long one. It's Colossians 1, 9 through 14. But it has become one of my all-time favorites. Like, I'll start to pray for, like, the kids. You know, like, I'm on your way to work. You, you go, okay, you know, who should I pray for? And then you think of those. And I'll be praying for my kids, and the Lord will just take me back immediately to this prayer. Because you can pray this prayer over, well, you'll see. It is so all-encompassing. It is such a powerful prayer. Um, the unsaved, the struggling, the 
whatever. So we are going to go to Colossians 1, 9 through 14. And I want to um, just read this over you first because I think there's, I'm washing you with the water of the word before we dig in and we mine. And I pray that you have your pen ready and your new little journal and that you're going to be right there with me. You know, if you have a heart of expectancy, God is not going to pass you by with nuggets that are going to change your life. John Corson always says, I love that, you know, have your pen ready. It's like the sail on the ship. And if you don't have your sail up, you know, you're, the, the wind's going to pass you right by and your boat's not going anywhere. That has a little Cindy paraphrased in there, so don't hold me too tightly to that. Okay. Colossians 1, 9 through 14. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of the light, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Okay, now we are going to pick this puppy apart because hopefully you will just have like more tools in your toolkit when you walk away from this. For this reason, we also, since we first heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Okay, I want to stop right there and say, since I first heard about you here in Prineville, since I first, this first came into our arena, um, I, I, I just want to share with you a year ago during the um, week of prayer and fasting, that was the first time I had never fasted a full day in my life. I had done a lot of different kinds of little fasts, like I would fast from all kinds of media. When I was helping my husband do the the vet clinic in Lakeview, um, I would oftentimes, like, whenever I'd take a morning and I wouldn't talk on the phone, I wouldn't listen to anything. It was just a a season to, or like an hours, set of hours where I wouldn't talk or hear from anybody from the Lord. Couldn't turn the radio on, you know, nothing. And just those were rich, rich times. But last year was a real stretch for this little redhead. You know, I just had, um, and yet God, oh my goodness, I, I would love to hear what he ministered to you this year, but last year he showed me that I was not in bondage to food like I thought I was. I had an dis- eating disorder in college and thought that I was just, I think about food all the time. I love to eat. You know, it's one of my favorite pastimes. The fast showed me that I'm not in bondage, that I do love the Lord way more than that. That was just like huge. I was so surprised and so delighted. But also that we knew that the Lord was calling Rory on and we didn't know where. And so, you know, as a mother's heart here, I had him working right in my office. I had Russell at my desk two days a week because Lindsay helped the, the accountant at the church. I mean, I was spoiled rotten. I knew it. God administered to my heart that it was a season. I just, when that season came, it was just like wrenching to me. And so I started out the week of prayer and fasting, praying that God would just take them within four hours. If he could just bring them, keep them four hours from me, I wouldn't complain. That would be great. I could do it, you know. And, and about two days into the week of prayer, and fasting, God said, get your hands off of this. You let him go. You let me take him where's best for him. And it cannot not bless you. 
And I just knew the only other time I'd heard God speak so clearly to me about Rory was when he was 19. It was the year right after Russ. It was half a year after Russ passed away. And Pastor Rob called us on Christmas vacation and asked Rory to pray about becoming the high school pastor. And I'm going, in my heart, I'm thinking, okay, I know this is everything he was created to be, but that means no more spring vacations, no more Christmas vacations, no more summer. God, I gave you my husband. Well, like I really had a choice, but I did give him to him. Um, but then, but then I'm, he's asking for my son, and I'm going, oh, I started just venturing in prayer, and I heard God say, keep your mouth shut and pray your socks off. That was the only thing he'd give me on that. And I was like, okay, okay, I can obey. I'll pray my, you know, little socks right off. Anyway, it was the best thing for Rory. And so that gave me, you know, prayer and answer to prayer. It's faith, building faith, building faith. That's what happens if we pray. And it's, again, that thing, you know, God, what is your will about this? I would never see my sister pass away. I would never pray, God, would you just initially take Diane home? But, you know, from the first that I heard that Diane had the same disease my other sister had, I I sensed in my heart that as with Pam, I felt she was going to be healed. With Diane in my heart, I almost felt guilty, but I I just felt like it wasn't going to have the same end result. And even though we pressed in in prayer, even though we believed with everything we had, we you know, everything that we could do, as it continued to roll out, there was that place, that peace of, of understanding that. So anyway, back to Rory, you know, you, you ask the Lord to show you how to pray about things and he's going to give you that kind of, you know, he's going to direct your boat. He's going to move your pen. He's going to give you insights a different, a different way. And sometimes you won't understand, but just go with it. Trust him. He's an, he's a trustworthy God. So last year, finally, you know, I let it go, and I thought, well, I don't know what I'm pray- fasting for except for Rory's position, but, you know, uh, where you're going to take him, but I just want to press in and get what you want out of this. And mid-week mid, mid week of the fast, I'm walking back into the office, and Rory goes, Mom, I think you're supposed to go to Brazil with us. He was taking 20 um, high schoolers to Brazil in March um, for two weeks, and I'm going, all along, I had just thought, oh, I to go with them. I would love to watch my kids minister in a foreign country. But, you know, as a mom, you learn when to stick your foot in and when you wait to be invited. I mean, there's just times that being on staff with Rory, I knew when they called me on staff a year after him, I knew I was entering into his territory and that dance began on how do I do this to be a blessing to Rory and not to be Oh my gosh, my, I've got a mom in my business place, you know. So, you know, just always there's just that, okay, Lord, lead me in the way that I should go. Counsel me with my eye. But anyway, I said that and I go, oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding. I don't have a passport. I don't even know where my birth certificate is. Um, I'd hoped you'd ask all along, but gosh, where you're leaving in a month and a half. And he goes, I know, that's why we're going to sit down right now and, and start applying. And sure enough, you know, everything came through, just like bing, bing, bing. I got to go. It was unbelievable. I got to minister. I got to share with Brazilian women and see Brazilian women come to the Lord. And, you know, just, oh, gosh, you know, we think that we could plan our lives and it would be so good. But I'll tell you what, he has such a better plan for us. And then, as you know, how this came about, and here he is with you. Less than four hours from where I am. So you get, you let go, <laughs> let go and hide and watch. That's one of my favorite sayings is hide and watch and see what the Lord is going to, you know, bring back to you. So anyway, um, 
I have been praying for you. We, that name, that word of, t- of, I'm listening to your messages all the time. I'm looking at you, you know, the few of you on Facebook. You are on my heart. I, I want to be a faithful prayer warrior for what the work is, the Lord is doing here. Um, but, you know, this is what's cool, is this is what I pray for you. I ask that you will be filled with the knowledge of his will. With all wisdom and spiritual understanding. You guys, what better prayer is that? That you can be praying for your husbands. That you can be praying for your children. That you can be praying for your husband. That you will be filled with the knowledge of his will. With all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I mean, I want discernment. In my job, I never know what's coming through the door. I mean, the demonic, the mentally ill. I'd never know from one minute to the next on how to respond on the phone to people. It's like... I am so thankful that I can trust in this prayer that I will have all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I can have it. You can have it. Don't sell yourself short. He wouldn't have said it in his word if it wasn't truth. Go ahead. Oh, somebody. Let's see. Oh, you're just walking in. Oh, I thought a baby. Somebody needed, the, somebody needed a mom. Anyway, how cool is that? And I'm always praying that for myself. All wisdom and spiritual understanding. You know, this is a good one, too. God's will is never going to lead you to do something that is contrary to his word. And so you can mark that one and stick it in your hat. If you are starting to do something and you have a question about it, like if you've got to check in your spirit, and then you seek the will, you seek the word, because he's not going to ever have you compromise the word. That's just not the way he works. So moving on to verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. You know, I want to stop right there because uh, uh, several years ago when I was in Lakeview, we had a little day like this. We went over to my dad's in Klamath and we had a little women's day. My dad had a geothermally heated swimming pool and, you know, we just, there were about 12, 15 of us. We just had a great day. And, and our pastor's wife taught on this and there was, this nugget literally, um, was like, the, you know, just changed my life. Do you realize that you can walk worthy of the Lord and be fully pleasing to him? I had never thought about that. I'd always thought, how can I ever be pleasing to the Lord? How can I fully please the Lord? You can. You can be fully pleasing to the Lord. And you know how you do that is you keep increasing in the, in the knowledge of God. You keep increasing in it, and you can be fully pleasing. That doesn't mean you have to wait until you get a degree in theology and you know what the Word of God says backwards, frontwards. You just start taking those baby steps right now. You just be obedient to the Holy Spirit's leading, and you are going to find yourself pleasing, fully pleasing to him. I love that. I don't know why, but I want—I guess it's that people-pleasing part of me that God put in there, but I want to be fully pleasing to God and that there is this way we can it just delights my soul. Verse 11 that you can be strengthened with how much might? You cannot you can be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. I was laying in bed thinking about this the other night because I've just got a month ahead of me that just, you know, from the memorial on that was just um, very very full to say the least. And I, and I always know for myself, and you check it with the Lord, but when I start stressing out, I know I'm entering into sin. 
And I need to just stop right there and be still before the Lord and see what have I committed myself to that wasn't his plan? What am I worrying about that I need to turn over? It's just my thing. It's just like, you know, but you test it and see if it might not be yours. Because I'll tell you what it does is it starts leading you to a much more stress-free way of living. Um, it's, a, it's, again, that sorting of like, you know, I had a woman tell me one time that she took the bulletin when it comes out on Sunday morning, and she asked the Lord what things he would have her be involved in. And then she doesn't feel guilty if she's not at every woman's thing or at every potluck or at every, you know, she says, Lord, which things do you want me involved in? And that, thus it cleaned her plate up to where she wasn't just dreading it. Oh, I've got to be at the church again. And I, oh my gosh, I told him I would clean it four times this month. You know, maybe you're called to clean it one time. Take it before the Lord. Just let that be a little trigger that you, that something's a little off balance and you need to get it checked out before the Lord. Um, Loving too. Okay. So in verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So, you know, we're to be fruitful. Here's a little test. Look over your life. Is there, are, is there fruit on your life? Are you seeing any fruit? Fruit could be, oh, you got that little guy and he's starting to learn a memory verse or you're singing worship songs in the car and the kids are starting to, you know, you're worshiping more. And it's, it's not a list. I'm not popping a big guilt trip, a works on you, like... But just because our God is a gentle and patient and kind God, and he wants to reveal to you gently ways that you can grow. So be a, we're called to be fruit inspectors. We're supposed to be fruit inspectors in our own life, and we're supposed to be fruit inspectors in others' lives. But the big key is when you fruit inspect on anybody else's life, it's not as unto condemnation. That kind of judgment is sin. It's as unto restoration in a way that maybe you're going to be praying for them or you're going to be, maybe you're called to even come alongside them. So just, you know, as you're those, we're all to be fruit inspectors and it's to only help people grow closer or for ourselves just in case there's any little mildew that might have gotten on the leaf that needs to be cleaned up. But, you know, I love that, that we are strengthened, we can be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. That's what hit me the other night is like, Cindy, are you doing this in your own strength or are you going to trust me? And this week in the prayer fasting, which is so exciting, is that I came home from my sister's memorial on Sunday. The, I started the fast on Monday, knew this week I was coming over to do this, got the privilege of, you know, in two more weeks I get to do a retreat for the college um, co-op that Calvary has, the girls co-op. And, and you know, it just, plus my job and teaching the Bible study, it was just kind of that feeling like, <laughs> I woke up in the night and I'm going, <laughs> did I, okay, did I step? It, you know, and the Lord says, no, but you have to just let me lead you. And so I'm going, okay, I'm not going to worry about it. I don't know if you've heard this one, but if you don't know what to do, do what you know. If you do that, if you say, just do the next step, we call it the 15-minute plan in our family. It was birthed at Stanford Medical Center when I did not know how in the world I was going to take this um, horribly ill man, take care of him, and try to function with my children in another state. And that's when the Lord dropped that in, and it was where he would just say, don't go beyond the next 15 minutes. And you know what? There is incredible peace 
and incredible joy when you are not trying to do tomorrow today. The word says, don't borrow from tomorrow. Today's troubles are enough. And he wasn't kidding when he said that. But do you know if you just go, hey, how about you guys? For the next 15 minutes, you you know what you're going to be doing. You're going to be washed with the water of the word. You can still have amazing joy and laughter and peace because you don't have to do whatever you face as soon as you get home. But when you walk out of here, the Lord is going to give you the strength and the guidance for the next 15 minutes. And then, and once in a while, you're going to start living where it's two minutes at a time. We've all, you know, we've been, I've been there many times. It's like, okay, what next? What next? But he's faithful, and he's gentle, and he's good. And he will strengthen you with all might according to his glorious power. I want you to think of that word all. If you write in your Bible, circle all here. I mean, we're not talking about a drop. We're talking about the fire hydrant worth of, of strength here. And you know, it's not according to our power, but it's according to his glorious might for all patience and long suffering with joy. Now, how many of you guys, I love this in a word study here. I can't remember which is which, but long suffering means patience for people and and, um, patience is for circumstances. I can't remember which one is which, but as long as you say both of them in your prayer, you got it covered. Um, but I love that because it's, it's, he is going to give you the power and the strength for, with, for all those trying, we call them sandpapering people or experience, you know, when the, God gets the sandpaper and he's rubbing off the rough edges on you. But look at those next words. He's not going to give you this with... Oh, he's giving me just enough patience and long suffering. What's he giving it? With joy. With joy. If you don't have joy in your life, I'm asking you right now to start praying for joy. That God would pour gifts of joy in your life. That he would show you how to walk in joy. Because I have to say, in the midst of all these things, there have my, I have to say, joy has been my strength. The joy of the Lord has been my strength. Verse 12 giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. You guys, we have been made heirs to the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. You are his girls. You are his princesses. Your inheritance is beyond your wildest dreams. Boy, with all this in my mind about heaven and studying the scriptures and reading in Revelation these last couple of months, I've just been thinking, I have to pray. I know after Russ died, I thought, oh, just take me home, Lord. I just didn't want to hurt like that anymore. Just take me home. And, and man, I got it so clear. He said, if I'd have wanted to take you home, you'd, have been, you'd be up here. But I've got work for you to do, so you just buck up. And I am not kidding. Those are exactly the words I heard. We'll get to, you can ask God if he really did talk to her like that. But I'll tell you, those are the words that I heard. And I could just see the need to put on a buck up. Um, it is Psalm oh, 71, I think, where it's put on the strength of the Lord. That was when I was serving my sister. She was at home, and my husband, my, her husband was trying to, was caregiving her those last few days of her life, and it was grueling, and he was amazing. And literally, that was in the middle of the night one night when I'd been called down to help him try to shift her and give her morphine and whatever. And I went back to bed and I couldn't go back to sleep in that. And my Bible, I'm not, I don't recommend this, but you know, he works. So it works. So that was a night where I just went, 
Speak to me, Lord. I got to hear you. I can't do this. What? Help me. Help me. And I'll tell you, it, it, it opened to that verse and it said, put on the strength of the Lord. There are times we have a job to do. Let the peace of God rule and reign in your hearts. Put on the strength of the Lord. When you see those in the scriptures, write them. Put a square around them. You know, let them know that's your job to do. You do have um, a part to play in this. But I love this because give thanks to the Father who has qualified us. If you are washed in the blood of Jesus, if you have accepted him as your personal Savior and let him wash your sins as far as the east is from the west, you are that princess. Your inheritance is sealed. You are going to be joint heirs with those saints that are already up there in the light. And, and, And as you watch people pass from this life to the next, it makes you go, this is the only thing that's important. I mean, this, not heaven isn't the only, but living in an eternal mindset that what we do every given day is with a heavenly perspective. And as we give thanks again, 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 you guys, I just want you to, if you're depressed or if you're struggling or you get up tomorrow and you don't want to get out of bed, just remember, just think, give thanks to the Father. Just start, just make your thank you notes in your head. Just, it's like an exercise, like scrounge. There are those days you have to kind of scrounge to look for something to be thankful for. But the minute you do, what it does, that lifestyle of thanksgiving makes you live in the awareness of God's fingerprints every single day to where you're just going to go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that was a divine appointment. You start praying for divine appointments. Then in verse 13, now, oh, Hallelujah. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Okay, you can feel thumped. We laugh at, in, at, in Corvallis. We call it, a lot of us in leadership, we, we've got a target on our backs. When you're on the front lines, you know you've got a target on your backs. But you want to know the truth? We have the armor of Christ underneath that target. And we can get thumped, but we're not going to get taken out if we keep that armor in the right place. If we keep you know, underneath the waterfall of God's love and his Holy Spirit and in the truth of his word. So you rejoice as you leave here. If you can't think of anything else to be thankful for, you have been delivered from the power of darkness. Now, I love this. I, here again is my funny brain. But as I memorize this and as I pray this, I always think of a grocery store conveyor belt. And I think, here we were under the power of darkness, lost in our sins, And what happens is when we get saved, we are plucked out of that darkness and we are placed on the conveyor belt and we are conveyed into the kingdom of the son of his love. And you are not ever, you do not have to go back and live in that kingdom of darkness under that power of darkness. Just ask the Holy Spirit to wash you, to refresh you, to keep you walking in the light and the truth of his word. Again here, you want to think about how much God loves you? You want to understand that? That verse right there is how much he loves you. He plucked you out. He doesn't want you under that bondage, under that sin, under that depression. He wants you living in the life of joy and power and strength and victory. I'm not, I'm not here today. You can look at my life. I'm not telling you that you sign up for a life of ease when you become a Christian because you don't. Life down here, this ain't heaven. I'm learning that more and more all along. This is not heaven. 
But the kingdom of heaven can live with, be within you. And the more you let him fill you, the more you bathe yourself in him, the more you're going to experience the truth of what that eternity is going to be like. And that's going to be in peace and joy and love. So, um, verse 14. And in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. You know, I don't know where each one of you are today. I, you know, I think that just great concern was in my heart that I not close this down just assuming that all of you have surrendered your life, gotten your hands off your life, surrendered to all that Jesus has for you, asked him to come in. You know, is he Lord of your life? You don't have to be afraid. You know, I think of that picture of the baby that had the teething cookie and, and he ate that cookie down to where there was, he couldn't get any more. And, but he was so holding on and you try to pry his hands off to get, so you can push the cookie up so he can have more of it, but he won't let go of it because he thinks you're going to take it away. If you haven't let go, if you haven't surrendered to God, then I just pray that, that you would do that today. Get your hands off. Free fall. You know how people say, how are you doing? And you say, hanging in there. You know what? You're much better off if you're just free falling. If you're letting go, and letting God just get your hands off of it and free fall into the arms of a loving Heavenly Father because He does love you and He is here today. He longs that not one of you walk out of here without that assurance that you are His and that you are going to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of the light. So I had this song this last week during... Um, Oh, or one of the early morning offerings, one of the young guys in the school of ministry played the song. I never heard it before, but I have listened to it bajillions of times since then, just because it just, it just soothed me. It just blessed me. And I just, you know, I'm going to be here afterwards. I want to just be here. It's not, there's nothing special comes through me. You know, I can assure you that, but if you want me to pray with you, if you want to completely surrender, oh, I just beg of you, do not leave holding on to your life. Let him have it. You don't have to talk to anybody, but you will have accountability. You will have an encourager if you will let someone else know before you leave that you have asked for more. Whether it be salvation at this point, or whether it be the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or whether it be just a prayer partner, accountability partner, please don't, you know, isolation, you going and just carrying this out, not talking to anybody and kind of just doing your thing and staying in your own little world. Isolation will lead you to rebellion. That is, you know, it's a Proverbs. It's in the Psalms as well. Just be careful. Beware. So this song is kind of a, a song. It's kind of the Lord's Prayer-ish in the song. But as Stuart plays this, I just pray that you would just... In conclusion, you would just be washed by this and you would let the, that you would be still and know that he is God and let him just minister to the deep places of your heart.